0: Uh, Stephen, hey, how's it going?
1: Hey, good to see you. All right. Going well.
0: Great. It's good to be chatting this morning, and I'm I'm happy that we get to discuss this past sermon series, "How to Plant a Church Again," which I know emph- emphasis
1: said... on the again,
0: <laughs> again, right? Which I know you said uh, came directly from a, a Tim Keller statement uh, about churches in New York City needing to replant themselves post-COVID,
1: right? Yeah, no, I think I think he's absolutely right. I think, you know, so many of our friends are sort of scattered to the wind, as it were. And, you know, we've got people in, in all over the country and, and all over the world, actually, some in the UK and in Norway and other places. And, and so, yeah, uh, I think we will have to sort of restart and, and replant uh, the church. But uh, this is this is both a, a sort of a exciting uh, project, but also I think at the same time, as I said, quite quite daunting as well. Um and I, I try to put myself in the Apostle Paul's shoes, you know, and, and how he must have felt as he walked up to a city for the first time. And he and he moved from city to city to city. And and I'm sure there was always that moment when he approached the city gates and he probably took a deep breath and went, okay, here we go again. You know. Um, and so it is that interesting mix of both, uh, you know, obviously he was walking into much, you know, who knows what he was walking into. I'm sure it was always a much more difficult situation than than, than we face. Uh, but there is that interesting mix of, I think, something that's quite uh, daunting, but also quite exciting at the same time. And I think that's the the interesting combination of what you get with any uh, good adventure, really.
0: Right, absolutely. And I've been really excited about this idea of of the hybrid model uh, moving forward. So obviously we're gonna have in-person church here in the city, but then also we've been using all this digital media and -hmm. there are people who are tuning in uh, every week uh, and attending community groups using Zoom. uh, And it seems that this is gonna be with us for a while
1: right, uh, and I think it would be really great if moving forward we, we can as we, as we 've talked about in one or two other previous meetings can we can we bring this stuff with us so that you know one of the silver linings of everything that 's happened is we have had different friends from from who had left before all of this went down who have sort of reconnected with Trinity Heights um, over over zoom uh, and facebook and and so it 's just been been really good to have them join us. And moving forward, it would be I certainly don't want to get in the business of sort of replacing people's in person uh, experience. But at the same time, I think for many of these friends um, who have been joining us for the different services, and then it's actually led to other phone calls and and longer conversations as well. um, I I think for those friends, it's been providing some Trinity Heights have been providing something meaningful and and important for them at, at, at this. Uh, moment in their lives, mm-hmm. and it would be really nice if we can continue to use the virtual stuff to, to provide a, a, a meaningful virtual offering for for those friends as well, which would be supplemental to to their in person experiences.
0: Right, and it acknowledges uh, where where we've come from or our shared experience together, and I think that that's really right. uh, important moving forward.
1: Yeah, uh, ab- absolutely, absolutely, and and and, and I think um, that that is. You know, I I think I use the illustration of um, Francis Bacon. Um mm-hmm. and I, I think one of the you know he, he talks about being in the studio um with right.
0: artist Francis Bacon. Yeah. Right,
1: the artist Francis Bacon, not not the um empiricist. So so right. <laughs> so who we also mentioned in this series as well, actually. Uh, so yeah. so um he he um talks about being in not walking into a pristine studio, working on a pristine canvas, but but he he has all of these works of art that were interrupted and were unfinished and incomplete, and, and yet somehow those different works of art inform the new work of art that he's working on, and they end up becoming a, a very much part of finding their completion and fulfillment in this new work of art that eventually gets hung in the gallery, and um, and so yeah, we do want to sort of draw on, on our our experience, our, our shared experience. Together that we've already had, and so it's it's not a case of us moving forward and finding a new, a brand new vision, as it were, but as I said, it, it's it's about uh, deepening the vision we already have, and 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 maybe seeing further and and, and more, uh, to wider and more broadly than than we have, and 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 uh, yeah, growing in that that vision.
0: Yeah and speaking of growing in that vision one of the points that you brought up was this idea of successful churches in New York City having cultural agility.
1: Right um so uh, that that came out of a conversation with Mark Reynolds and he he's uh, heads up um city to city which are the sort of church planting gurus if you like in New York yeah. city attached yeah. to Redeemer those guys know their stuff and so he spent you know as, as I mentioned he spent over an hour trying to convince Julia and myself don't don't, don't do this <laughs> don't don't do this to yourself don't come and try and plant a church in New York it's not a good idea and he was doing due diligence you know that which was which was very kind of him um, but he said look we've seen 8 out of 10 church plants fail you want to do you want to join that that group of people um and so people he said have come up with all sorts of reasons was it because of lack of funding well no because some of these churches had, had massive amounts of money backing them um was it because they they didn't have a team Now, some of them had a full team of, of paid staff for every single area of ministry you can possibly think of in church life um then then other groups said well maybe it's because a church planter isn't from new york city they've got to be a new yorker well that's not true because some of the most successful uh, and, and largest church plants have been led by australians or even by a guy down the road uh, from philadelphia right <laughs> and 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 so um what they came to realize was it had nothing to do with any of that it it had the, the first thing the primary reason was because of uh, either a lack of cultural agility or because the the successful ones had a sense of cultural agility, which is this ability to uh, adapt quite quickly to the cultural environment. Um, And that, of course, involves some certain level of language learning and being able to speak the gospel into the language of the predominant culture.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And paired with that, I I know that we touched on this idea as well of um, monumental vision. So we, we, we are culturally agile. We do um, learn the language of our cultural context, but then we also share uh, a larger vision of, of reality mm. and the world.
1: Yeah, and, and I th- and I think that that's a vision that that is, you know. It, we're called into right from the beginning of this the the salvation story of you like so you know in genesis 1 to 11 you have these three major global catastrophes of the fall the flood the tower of babel and and yeah. then you get to chapter 12 and genesis shifts gears here and that's when the story of salvation god's rescue mission for creation begins and and so it it's it begins by god precisely by god calling this man Abraham uh, to leave his father's household Um, but why would I leave my father's household leave your tribe leave your nation go to the land I will show you and I'll make you a great nation I don't care about the nations what's that to me well I care about the nations so now this becomes your burden as 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 well um and and so we have this vision that's in in genesis and of course you get to revelation and john has his vision which is a passage we had read for us the other week of of every tribe language and nation and so so there is this sense in which we're called to see our lives um in in that sort of almost a, that more monumental way, you know, to, yeah. to see ourselves in this network of, of relationships and, and knowing that each relationship has a significance, uh, an important significance for the other. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, mm-hmm. And you, uh, in a conversation a while back, we had, we, we talked about a, a quote from uh, Sartre and he said, when we choose, we choose for all of mankind. So there is this Christian understanding that what we do matters
1: right and and obviously jean paul sartre was not you know he wasn't a christian but he, he you know in his existentialism he was recognizing that when we what he's saying there is when we make a decision i tend to i tend to think of me myself and i and and that's it and and my life is my life and your life is your life and we live these very atomized individualistic what, existences. um but but actually uh what he's recognizing is there is no when when we make a decision we're making a decision about what the rest of humanity will what humanity will be and what humanity will become and we're invited to to share shape humanity itself in a particular direction. We must become the image bearers, the one who will fulfill humanity's destiny to, to reflect the image of God. Uh, yeah. e- either we're on that journey towards that kind of m- fully humanity, or as we've talked about before, the, this descent into a sort of subhuman existence as we ref- make decision after decision, that then makes humanity into this thing which is it doesn't reflect the image of God. Yeah,
0: yeah. And- It's interesting uh, to think about uh, this idea of monumental vision. And I know uh, it was great to hear from uh, Tim and uh, Chris Jones when they were were chatting about Dr. Yeah, that that, that was
1: amazing to have Chris come and, and speak that way, yeah
0: yeah and uh, it, i was really inspired i mean first of all dr Sass is just a, such an amazing character i mean he thinks he's about 40 years old right? <laughs> he grew up as a jungle boy and he uh but now he's uh, almost uh, basically the uh political leader of, of his nation but now fleeing for his life um and i i guess when i think about the the broader vision or the the global vision and then I think about Dr Sasa that, that there's a lot there that I think we could really uh, unpack
1: yeah I mean I, I'm really glad you bring him up because I think he is this sort of this monumental figure um, mm-hmm. someone who sees his life in that monumental uh, Place in history, where you know, and it, and, it's, and I think it's a, sort of a, starts with a sense of you see, this is not about megalomania. This is about a sense of growing sense of responsibility for each other. And so he starts with this really deep sense of responsibility as a small child in the jungle. Uh, you know, Tim, Tim and Ruth could tell you this in, in much greater detail, but but this is just from the, the, the conversations I've had with him. He starts as a small boy in the jungle, um, and suddenly his his one of his friends doesn't show up to play one day. And then a few days later, another friend doesn't show up. And and over a span of a few days, he loses four or five friends. They don't come to play because they've died of some disease that could have easily been dealt with in in another environment. Um, and so, from at that point, I think it was a very early resolve and, and a sense of responsibility that he had to do something for his friends and his family um, and Then he goes off, makes his treacherous journey across the jungles into India, learns english um, gets his his education schooling and and then he eventually feels the need to go and and um Study medicine. Well, that's expensive. Where can you go to Armenia? It turns out was actually offering med school at a reasonable price. So he goes to Armenia. He learns Armenian. Then, then he then he he learns medicine, and, and then he he's able to come back and establish this incredible medical uh, work in, in in the Chin State region, and uh, and so that's gone on from there. You know, it's his family, then it's his tribe, then it's the nation, and and but there's. It starts with this growing sense of responsibility—a sense that each decision might, could have a monumental effect, and that it is each decision I make has a significance. For, for it's the complete opposite of seeing myself as an individual who who's sort of hermetically sealed from everyone else, and and, and uh, sort of well, as long as I don't hurt anyone,
0: <laughs> right? And but it's also this idea that this isn't going to be safe. This is going to be somewhat chaotic if mm. if we follow this this route or or if we take on the burdens of of humanity or, or the world around us and it reminds me of this great rowan williams quote that i'll just read right now uh, he says you don't go down into the waters of the jordan without stirring up a great deal of mud if being baptized is being led to where jesus is then being baptized is being led towards the chaos and the neediness mm-hmm. of a humanity that has mm-hmm. forgotten its own destiny and then right after that he he says so where do we find the baptized in the, In the neighborhood of,
1: chaos. of the chaos, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a fabulous quote, and 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 it, and. I think that that is precisely why I'm so grateful for people like Tim and Ruth, who who have and and um, Chris, who have nurtured this relationship with someone like Sasa, um, who now, in this incredibly chaotic and dangerous situation, uh, as a church, we have the privilege of of doing some small part of coming alongside someone who who is really immersed in in the chaos of of it all. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. And it rings true with the three kind of pillars of this sermon series that uh, that you've told me directly. And I think it's, it's worth saying them now, but we really sure. are interested in, in bridge building uh, the first bridge being uh, between ourselves as a community. So right. how do we interact with each other and love each other? Well, the second is between the church and culture. So how, how do we interact with, with culture in a very real way uh, and, and a, affected and inspire right. culture and then thirdly between us and the nations which is really what we're talking about here
1: right right and and i i i really one of my ambitions um and I, and i think that this can you know that this can really help with, with in so many ways in, uh, is, is that we can expand our global vision um by being promoters of of peace through being yeah. anti-war. So my, my, my hope for Trinity Heights is that we will become a church which promotes peace through anti-war activity. Uh, and and I, 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 we're not an anti, you know, church that is always anti this and anti that, but we're anti-war because we're pro-peace, right? We, we yeah. want to promote peace and justice uh, and, and be a blessing to the nations, as God calls Abraham to be. And, and, and you know, I, I've, I've said before, and it's worth saying again, look, if you want to multiply death and rape, and disease, and famine, and people trafficking, and orphans, and environmental damage, and the list goes on. If you want to multiply those things exponentially, I mean, on a scale you can't imagine, and and simultaneously, then just start a war. I mean, it's, it's yeah. really that simple. If you don't want to do that, if you wanted to limit those things, the multiplication, of the exponential multiplication of those things, then don't start a war. Uh, yeah. And so I, I I think this is really, really uh, a, a vital thing that that we. This is one of the ways that we can be a blessing to the nations. And and look, if if we can be a voice for peace, we may not be listened to. The prophets were very rarely listened to, but if we're saying that the church is supposed to stand in the tradition of the prophets, then that that's fine. We don't have to be listened to. What what's important is that we are faithful, in in our witness and, and speaking of and promoting peace
0: sure and you mentioned the prophets and that makes me think of us as a community of christians and skeptics in new york city that we are called to be uh, a different kind of people who do different kinds mm-hmm. of things and uh on top of that i, I think a, a lot about uh this core value of being a peacekeeping church but then I also think about our core value of um, of salvation or the gospel being cosmic rippling out into Mm -hmm. all of all of creation Um, and when I think about this idea of peace uh, and being anti-war attached to this cosmic idea of the gospel then I think well this is a a really large uh image this is a huge landscape and this is something that 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 can actually capture our imaginations and i know that you one of your sermons in the series was specifically about um imagination
1: right and and and, um it was in the context of c.s lewis right and and the fact that he was trying to uh, come at the gospel and understand it um, using his sort of rationality and evidential stuff to to sort of s- prop up these propositions or doctrines and and, and sort of uh, and and then his friend Tolkien said no no no, no you're coming at this the wrong way you, you you have to understand that this this the, allow this narrative to capture your imagination and so so we want to become the people who would narrate a, a story a large enough story that will capture people's imagination and the reason why it appeals to to human imagination is because it is a story that weaves together all the longings of the human heart, whether it be for love, for beauty, for goodness, for justice. Uh, And and so we want to be the people who can tell that kind of a story. And and so it's got to be this, this, it is this vast story. And, and, and by being invited into that, I think this is, As I was trying to say earlier, I think it's something that can really help us in so many ways in in terms of our relationships with each other as well, because so much of our conflict and division and and divisiveness and and us versus them that that goes on in in America or in the Anglosphere, particularly. Um, It's it's endemic, you know, but 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 it's 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 partly partly because we're so focused on ourselves, and when you're focused on yourself, man, we can get really petty and touchy and easily offended, and uh, man, if you, you start to look at uh, this this story, which invites us into promoting peace in the world uh, to be a blessing uh, for the nations. So, yeah. so we haven't got time for pettiness and and being right. offended it just, it, there's no there's no room for that
0: yeah exactly we, yeah. We, we,
1: we, we, we've got this sort of much bigger thing we're involved in here yeah. where, 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 where's, yeah. where's, the, where's the space for any of that
0: yeah I, I liked what you said when you said that you don't think jesus was was easily scandalized
1: yeah, I mean, I, 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 and part, and I think part of the reason was because Jesus had this uh, vast vision, which, which was not um, all about his particular sensibilities at, at that time.
0: Right. And so if we're following Jesus, then we can feel comfortable to live in community um, and to love one another well, uh, even if we don't always agree with each other
1: right Uh, you know this is this is the this is the mistake that i think our culture is making and it's it's a it's a significant one and uh it's it's the fact that we we are we talk about unity we talk about diversity we talk Mm -hmm. about inclusivity but that we keep getting the opposite of all those things and and the reason why we keep getting the opposite of all those things is because we really think that agreement um on a large swath of issues is the foundation for our togetherness and jesus would look i really think he would look at us and say you're never going to get there from here (laughs) you're never going to get together like this um and, and, and because, because the invitation is, is not to agree, the, the invitation is love one another. Um, mm-hmm. And that's an entirely different thing.
0: And this was amazing in your conversation with Kyra because she is is doing this, right? She's eating lunch with with problematic people. She even went out of her way to say, if I can't stand to be in a room uh, with problematic people, then that means I can't even be in a room with myself. <laughs> <laughs> right, And
1: that, that's as good of a way of saying that as, as you can get, because I, I think the recognition is that I'm the most problematic person in this room. How about that? Uh, and, and if and if you don't understand that, then 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 maybe a sort of a lack of self-awareness or something. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, and and I, I just thought that was great. And, and so what she's saying is that that we're not we're not doing this cancel culture thing, and I've, I've recently been told that, that that's more of a, um, a, a Gen X preoccupation, and it doesn't really exist. Well, whether it exists or not, we're not doing it. <laughs> and, so, yeah. uh, well, and, and what she's saying is, what Kyra was saying there is that look, the only canceling that's going on is not other people, I'm going to cancel my pride, my need mm-hmm. to be right, my need to be in control, my power, my prestige, my position, I'm going I'm to cancel that um, in, in order so that I can love the person in front of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I, I think is is tremendously powerful and is and is really what christ is is inviting us to i mean that that's the invitation love one yeah. another as i have loved you it, it was absolutely. not agree with one another as i have agreed with you
0: absolutely and and part of that i think is fostering together as a community of you a global vision for the nations uh almost as an antidote to the pettiness that might happened between ourselves
1: right again I, I think that that's why the story of salvation is not maxim that genesis yes. chapter 12 shifts gears and the way it shifts gears is and now and now i want you to look to the nations <laughs> right
0: right and and abraham looks beyond his own provincialism to the nations right? right and which brings us back to sasa because he has this this monumental view uh and I think it's worth mentioning that even right now, uh, we are, uh, as a church, aligning ourselves with Sasa and uh, Health and Hope as they work for justice and against violence and oppression uh, of innocence in Myanmar
1: yeah and and it's a privilege to be able to to be around uh, someone who is a, sort of a monumental figure and and um sort of sees history in a, in a monumental way and and, mm-hmm. and so it's it's it's, uh, it's a privilege that we get to through through the friendships that that tim and Ruth and, and Chris and others have nurtured there uh, yeah. we get to be be part of that in some small way and and uh, yeah it, it, that's very much tied in with our whole desire to promote peace through yeah. being anti-war. And by that fulfilling that that promise to be to be a blessing to the nations, uh,
0: absolutely. And there are some specific ways that individual members of the Trinity Heights uh, community can contribute to this. Absolutely, uh, and, and
1: we've been we've sent out some information. We'll, we'll continue to send out more information so people can continue to to do that in, in very practical ways.
0: Amazing, Stephen. It's great to chat with you this morning.
1: Hey, it's always fun chatting. Rick. Uh really appreciate it. Yeah. Take care. You too.